this week, three sides of the coin. We literally got nothing. No guests, no topic ideas. But you know what? Tommy comes up with a ashes. brilliant idea. We rose from the ashes. And we went online in the spur of the moment. We found two listeners who came on and joined us. Intelligent, funny, nice, articulate. And they both agree about Vinnie Vincent. Yeah. What more could we ask for? It was To me, it was like, this is a home run. Looking for official Three Sides of the Coin merchandise? T-shirts, hoodies, and more? Visit shop3sidesofthecoin.com. We ship Do worldwide. you have something to say? Leave a voicemail or send us a text message. Call 320-515-4771. Everybody, welcome back to what I am predicting is going to be one of the biggest train wrecks in Three Sides of the Coin history, which means... Some of you are going to say this is the best episode we've ever done. So yes. who are we to guess? Um, seriously, so it's just Tommy and I this week. Mark is still beached somewhere in Florida with crab claws hanging out of his mouth and a Speedo around his ankles or something like that. And Lisa is being mom, so she's got to be you know, she's got to behave herself, which means she can't come on with us this week. Right. So it's just the two of us. And, you know, as if we thought last week's episode, which you weren't here for, Tommy, I thought last week was just going to be a disaster. I mean, come on. It's just, it was Izzy. Uh, you know, Izzy comes on and you can't expect anything. But he brought Alex Kane on. Yeah. And, and listen, I, I'm, I'm a fan of Alex. And I know who Alex is. Boy, did Alex blow us away with the smart discussion. That's awesome. And I was just like, you know, I he saved he saved Izzy's job on three sides, basically. Well, you know, I kind of look at it like when we do as many shows as we've done, we're bound to have something intelligent sooner or later on one of them. Well, to your point, so I would say that means we've had three smart episodes in 10 years mm -hmm. yeah i think the first smart episode we had was number 67 which was that think about it what was it what was episode 66 oh, I, I don't know is there no I, I don't oh i'm guessing that's when when we finally um settled on the people who are actually good at being a co-host right well no it was just the two of us in episode 67. So that was the first smart one we had. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. All right. I get what you're saying. That's, that's yes. when that other guy was yeah. walked off the show and mm -hmm. was going to bury us. Yeah. And, you know, and just for people that have been with us from the beginning, we're not bitter. We just, it's kind of fun to talk about. It is. It, it, hey, it's part of our history. And we never thought for a second we were going to stop or go anywhere. Mm-mm. <laughs> He did yeah. and other people did, but we knew better. So, mm -hmm. okay. I know, I know which one that was. Um, 
Then I was going to say the, uh, oh God, what was the guy's name? I just forgot. We talked about him last week. The guy with Far- the bag Far- on his head? Far- Fargo Rock City. Oh yeah. That, um, oh God. And I just said, we got to have him on again. I know I'm drawing a blank all of a sudden because you got, now I'm, I'm under pressure here. Uh, gr- a great author. Yes. Uh, um, you, you, you keep riffing and I'll Google so we don't look like complete. Yeah, because, idiots. you know, the funny thing is, is I'd mentioned a while ago, we've got to have Chuck Klosterman. Chuck Klosterman. There we go. Because, we've yes, had him on twice. Yeah. And the last time we had Chuck on it, we were still like, wouldn't it be interesting if Vinnie Vincent came out from the shadows? And and he did, and now we realize it's yeah. Really- we're gonna find Chuck and get him back on again. So he Chuck Chuck by his very nature was was pure intelligence. And then I'm gonna say nothing was really really smart until Alex Kane came on. No, I don't know. We've had some pretty smart people on the show. I'm not saying we didn't have smart people, but true smart intelligent. Well, I don't know. I thought Larry Mazur was pretty freaking smart and amazing. Well, he is smart and he's amazing, but you know, that was great stories. I mean, yeah. Alex's commentary about rock and roll and oh, okay, I haven't listened and, yet. So yeah. So uh, why would you? I mean, you still haven't listened to episode 68 yet. Well, yeah, but this <laughs> one actually interests me. You know, it, it does. It actually interests me. Um so anyway, while, while we're riffing and trying to kill time here, um, Tommy put a post up and this will just prove how nobody people actually, won't believe this is real. Nobody pays attention to us on, you know, Facebook and our group and our social media. So it'll just be proof that we've actually bought every follower because it's all fake. Um, Tommy made a post saying, are you a listener? Do you want to come on the show with us right now? You have to be able to use Zoom and understand it. Who wants to come on right now? So we'll see if that was posted mm-hmm. five minutes ago. So yeah, we'll, so see we'll if just riff anybody, until someone shows up. Maybe anybody shows up. And frankly, we may just prove that we have zero fans. Well, I'm surprised Izzy hasn't been watching it and, and raised his hand. <laughs> That's well, true. You know? And I guess if push comes to shove, I mean, sure, we could have Izzy come back on a second time. I mean what could happen do we really want to do that though you what know? could happen nothing yeah. literally I well we i could... mean he could take a crap in the show but he did that's that not new yeah he did that already he did that you already know? yeah he's a one-trick pony he always has bowel movements on the show he's proud of him i just want to walk up wind from him that's all i know because he's in vegas now so you know he's eating at weiss cat white castle not, not not yet he hasn't moved yet oh, okay i think As he I'm... move he moves in a week or so but he take he took possession of his new apartment which apparently is like a block away from white castle white castle <sighs> i don't know why he just doesn't go get a job at white castle I don't know either. He'd eat, his, he'd eat his paycheck every week. Okay, we've got someone. Who? Stephen Christian. All right. So let's. Where where did he post on the group or the page? On the page. Okay. I just message. Okay, you win. Okay. So so, do you have? Um, he says I have Zoom three times a week. All right. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Tell Ooh, him. Friends. We're friends, so I can message him. All right. How do I get you? Do you have the link that I? Yeah, you I guys do. are listening to this train wreck in in progress. You got the link yeah. I just sent you. 
Um, well, from earlier today. Yeah, send that to him. Okay. All right. Okay, so I'm friends with Stephen, and it's possible that Michael is too. I don't know. I don't really know Stephen because we're Facebook friends. So this is going to be an absolute give it a try and see what happens. We're flying by the seat of our freaking pants here. Yes, we are. We have no idea what we're walking into. Let me just, Stephen. He looks really normal and looks like probably a really nice guy. You know, he doesn't look crazy. But then again, how can you tell, you know? Um, what is it? Stephen Christensen? Yep. Uh, uh, yeah, Christian. Stephen Christian. Oh, okay. Stephen Christian. See, the, 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 isn't the tension for you guys just mounting here, waiting in anticipation to find out how this is going to go? Exactly. Exactly. Because yeah. we have no freaking clue. Mm -hmm. It says he uses it three times a week. Uses what? The toilet? Uh, like Izzy? Like Izzy? Zoom. Okay. Oh, there's four comments on there now. Oh, yeah. I'm friends with. Oh, okay. I was spelling Stephen wrong. Oh, sorry. Yeah. S T E P H E N. Oh, hey, guess what? He's in the waiting room. <laughs> Right. Well, by all means, let's have him on. You're hello, on mute. Hello. There you go. Yes. We're by the way, we're recording. Not that that makes any difference in the quality of the show. So just want you to know. You got Tommy blowing his nose. That's all that counts. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I have better than, it's better than Izzy taking a dump. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So you pick your poison. Or, or, or Lisa having a toilet flush above her head. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Or Mark, you know. I don't know what pants. Mark does. Get, get, get hungry and leave. Yeah, angry and leave. So everyone, this is Stephen Christian, who is a listener of the show, and we are Facebook friends, but we don't really know one another. I was just saying that, Stephen. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Where do you live? What do you do? How long have you been a KISS fan? How many people are in your basement? You know, that, yeah, that kind yeah, of stuff. All the good stuff. <laughs> uh, no basement here. I'm, I'm actually outside of Phoenix, Arizona. Beautiful. Um, I, I, I sang in a, in a Sammy Hagar era Van Halen tribute band for six years. Uh, I, I know you're not a fan of that, Tommy, but that's your No, oh, no, we, no. We, I, oh, you know what? We should have had, we should have had Ralph, Dr. Fuck on. <laughs> Next time. Sure. He, I don't, I don't, Ra Ra Ralph absolutely loves Sammy Hagar era Van Halen. Wink, wink, nudge, so. nudge, Ralph. Yeah. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think so. I'm finally feeling better. I'm not ready for Ralph today. <laughs> you know, I'm, but no, I like some of Sammy Hagar stuff with Van Halen. I just prefer Roth. Hey, I grew up on original Van Halen. I mean, yes. that was the shiz, clearly. I mean, there's, there's no two, I, I love them both for different reasons. You know, right. like I love original era kiss. I love, you know, Tommy era and Vinny, all that stuff. Just for yeah. different reasons. That's all. You're a kiss fan. Exactly. I've been a kiss fan since 1976 when uh, I moved into a neighborhood in Northern Idaho 
And uh, the neighbor kid brought me across the street and he goes, hey, you got to check this out. Now, at the time, you know, they were, the, the rumors were that they were satanic and whatever. So he sits me down and he puts this record on. He won't show me the cover for like the first three songs. And all I had been exposed to at that time was, you know, John Denver, the Carpenters and Kenny Rogers, whatever. Yeah. And this, this bombast comes over the speakers and it's the first three songs on Destroyer and I'm losing my mind. And he finally shows me the cover. And what's ironic is what I told him uh, a year earlier, I lived in uh, Carson City, Nevada, and I saw a TV commercial for this thing called Kiss. I thought it was an evil clown circus because these guys in makeup, there's fire, there's smoke and everything. And I'm like six years old. I'm like, oh, it's, a, it's an evil clown circus. So when he shows me the cover to destroy, I'm like, oh, it's that evil clown circus. <laughs> But it was the music that hooked me before I knew what I was listening to. So forget about whatever all you, the gimmick. No, it was the music from day one. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you do for a living? I sell on eBay currently. Okay, so you sell on eBay. You're living outside of Phoenix. Mm -hmm. You've been a Kiss fan since 76. What was your first Kiss album that you bought or get received? I went to go get Destroyer at, in 76 in the summer. It was sold out. And I went, like, do they have anything else? Because I know nothing about these guys. Oh, they got this one here. And it was Dressed to Kill. I'm like, I'll take it. And then I went to the library. And I checked out Kiss Alive on cassette. And I was just like, oh, my God. I, I need more of this. These guys have more albums, you know, and just, I mean, ever since then. That's very cool. You know, so, Steven, real, real quick, regarding eBay, um, Mark has been kind of telling us that he's been looking for a way to sell speedos. Is that something you, is that something you can help Mark out with? Yeah. Three sides of the coin speedos. Um, Previously worn by Mark Tacchini. I sold something recently to someone. I don't even know if I should say this publicly or not, but um, someone, let's just say, very closely associated with the KISS camp purchased something from me um, eBay took it down and they, they emailed me and they said it was potentially counterfeit. I've been selling eBay for 15 years and I looked and I researched this. I'm like, this isn't, this isn't potentially counterfeit. It's not a bootleg. Um, so I got suspended for three days because they found some other things and th these weren't counterfeit either. They weren't bootlegs or anything. Uh, I'd actually reached out to this person just to see if they could verify this item, which they did. And they said, you want to sell it? And they bought it from me. So we, we, you know, I, I could prove this, but I'm not, I'm not trying to out this person. I'm sure they no. don't want to this transaction. Um, right. Nothing illegal, but uh, it was, it was legitimate product. All right. So I've got a question then with eBay, because I've got some friends who sell on eBay and I've heard that it's just gotten worse and worse and worse over the years because it's all, geared towards protecting the customer, which is not a bad idea to protect the customer, but it seems like the sellers have zero rights at all. Do you know why this was flagged? Did you get turned in by somebody who thought it was whatever it was? In my opinion, they have these bots that go around searching for things because there's a gazillion items on there. Let's be yeah. honest. Um, and I'd, I'd written them publicly. Uh, I wrote them an email and just explained, and I, I'd sent some links and, and some photos and everything. I even asked this person, I said, would you mind if you could verify this for me so I could provide this as evidence to eBay? They said, sure. 
I took screenshots, I provided all this info. They're very nice. Um, but eBay just, they're erring on the side of caution legally. I, right. I, I can understand that, you know, because there's yeah. so many lawsuits and they've got what they call Vero rights. Uh, I had an item taken down a couple years ago by the Richard Pryor estate had emailed eBay and said, hey, we don't want this thing being sold. Now, it's not a bootleg at all. It's a legitimate tour program. And I went to their site and I saw something at the time. It said something like, only buy from us, this and that, whatever. And it's like, okay, if it's bootleg, I can I can completely understand you're protecting your rights to work. But this was just a used item purchased at one of his concerts. They're like, no, you can't resell this stuff. It's like, so what happens next? Ford and General Motors, you can't resell used cars? I mean, where, where does this stop? Right. Well, wasn't there a movement at one point with the record labels, Michael, you'll know this years and years ago where they wanted to they wanted to get a piece of any used CDs. Oh, I think that was something that was, or is that just rumor? I think that was something that I remember being discussed or talked about. I mean, there was, there was also stuff like, you know, you when you buy music, you don't really own the music and that the, the label has the rights to take it back at any point in time. Uh, you know, yeah. there, there was weird things like that, but I mean, eBay is sort of like YouTube. It's a, it's, they've gotten so big and it's very complicated that, you know, merchant, the rights holders are often the ones out there patrolling and looking for suspected links. It's not so much the artist. Cause I mean, I can, I can tell you guys when I worked with kiss, there were times where Gene would fax me a, he fax me a printout of an eBay page and say, go buy this. I want it. Right. You know, because he's just a collector. He wanted it. Yeah. Yeah. Or it would be like, uh, you know, this, this is a bootleg CD send it to the record label so the record label will spend can, the money to stop and go after it because it's the record label's business right. to protect recordings or if it was a t-shirt it was the merchandising company that i worked for their job to go after anybody who was using creating stuff that that wasn't official and authorized there's there's no easy way to do it i mean it's, frankly is the way it what it comes down to there's just no easy way to, to monitor and patrol that. And you're never going to get a real person if you try and file a counter complaint. Right. It's all automated. It's all automated. I mean, I've had that happen on YouTube where I've had videos flagged for um, audio that's not in there because a record label claims the audio of this album is being played in your video when it's not good luck trying to find somebody at YouTube to actually read an email. All you can do is keep doing automated replies and form submissions. And it, there's just no easy way to do it. Well, um, so, go ahead, Stephen. I was just going to say, Tommy, to what you're talking about, I'm wondering if it's something in the area of when, you know, they send out promo CDs to, to radio stations, uh, record stores and so forth. And I've got the little label, you know, surrenderable upon demand of record labels. And I worked in a record store for 10 years. I ended up purchasing it and I ran it for another six years on my own. Um, never in the 16 years that I was in retail did a record store. Uh, I'm Ask sorry, a record for something back. Product. 
Exactly. They, remember that Neil Diamond promo and that it, it, we yeah. need that back. It never, ever, ever, ever happened. No. But no. you cannot sell promos on Amazon. They will shut you down. Mm-hmm. eBay all day long. They don't care unless some, for some reason someone sent in one of those Vero complaints and they've had issues with that recently. Um, depending on what variable it is, it, it's still active and out there. And they clearly, they just don't want to, they want to avoid lawsuits. I get it. Right. Well, so then is it mostly music stuff you sell or you sell all kinds of things? Um, for the most part, music, because when I closed my record store down, uh, be 10 years ago this December, it was, you know, the economy was horrible. It was at the end of that period where everybody was losing their houses. Yeah. And I was having a tough time staying alive. So I got rid of all my, uh, my fixtures. And I had going at a business sale and I moved all my inventory into my house. I'm like, well, how am I going to get this out of here? I, I might as well just start listing on eBay. Yeah. So it's, it's become my full-time thing. But occasionally I'll flip something um, because I know I can make money. You know, of course. It, it's the American I mean, way. I, I bought a, 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 this foot massager for my, my son who was eight years old at the time pointed out. I'm like, I don't need a foot massager. She's like, no, dad, eBay. I'm like, oh, okay. I look it up. It was $6. I sold it for $90 two months later. So there you go. But the vast majority of everything I have, CDs, uh, 45s, uh, vinyl records, cassettes, eight tracks, laser discs. Oh, I sold a Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park laser disc. It sat for a year and there was none out there on, I couldn't find one on the internet anywhere. And I'm just thinking people like Jakini and so forth, they got their own businesses, they're growing up, they're lawyers, they got money, 500 bucks. Right. A year later, someone bought it for $500. Yeah, and that's the nice thing is you can keep it up there and put it on a store, however you're going to do it. And eventually the right buyer finds it. Yeah, and, you know, I'm okay with working a deal with somebody like if, if there's a lot of them or something and someone comes along and I priced this six months ago and they offer me a little less, I'll go and look, go, well, you know what? People kind of driven the price down. Yeah, I'll let it go for this or I'll counter with the price and I'll counter one time. I'm yeah. not going to go back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in general... You know, I want to be fair, but also I have 5,000 items in my store. Items sell every single day. I don't mind sitting on this longer because I know it's worth this, especially since it's the only one out there. Right. It's supply and demand. And eventually that person will find you, you know? Yes. Well, so then tell us about being a KISS fan. You've been a KISS fan since you were a kid, just like us. Um, Tell us about yourself. I mean, like what, as a KISS fan, what, how do you feel about the band right now? And, and what do you got, what do you think about the current state of the fans being so divided over all these different issues? What aren't we divided about anymore in this country right now, for God's sake? You know, that's a fair point. Uh, You know, it's like, and I don't want to get political, but it's like, we didn't know much about your neighbors and your brothers and everybody else's politics before social media. I'm sure it existed back in the eighties and so forth. And now we just know because of clearly these platforms. Um, you know, I, I, I'm still a fan. They're still my favorite band. They changed for better or worse, <laughs> changed my life. You know, yeah. as soon as I heard Detroit rock city, I'm like, I want to be a drummer. And I eventually moved on and became a singer. Uh, the best day of my life, I was given the mic at the KISS convention in Phoenix in 1995, and I sang the second half of King of the Nighttime World, and Gene was like, oh my God, that's a great intro to Heaven's on Fire. Can you do it again? Who, me? Yeah. Okay. Woo-hoo. You know. Yeah. I posted that on YouTube, and it's just like, thank God they were nice enough to let people in with cameras, yeah. because nobody yeah. would have ever believed me when I said, I sang with KISS. Yeah, sure. Right. Not, but... That's cool. 
Um, so then, so then, why do you listen to our show? <laughs> yeah, really, seriously, because we yeah, don't. Yeah, I mean, are, are you have some kind of mental illness, or? <laughs> <laughs> Not that it's been clinically diagnosed. I'm still waiting for the test Fair. results. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. I mean. I mean, going back to when when Mitch was part of the show, you know, the minutia. At, yeah. <laughs> oh. We were just talking uh, about that earlier. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, and I remember when you had the auditions, and Mark is a it, you couldn't have picked a better guy. I mean, there's a lot of people far more knowledgeable than me, but Mark Mark knows his stuff. Um, I, I just he just won't it. show his stuff, but he knows yeah, exactly. His stuff. Here yeah. is in plastic. Yeah. We just I got realize, it behind me, but I won't get out of the chair. Yeah, we just didn't really realize he was on the spectrum the way he is. So yeah. that's made it a bit of a challenge. But yeah, anyway, no, it, please continue. It, the, the, the camaraderie and, you know, the, I, I'm for agreeing to disagree. I don't yeah. feel in this childish nonsense of whatever. It's just like I hear this all the time with, with David Lee Roth and Sammy Hagar. You know, we lost Eddie. When, when Sam and Dave both finally go, people are still going to be bitching and whining about it. I don't even care. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, oh, Tommy's not the spaceman. But I don't care. I, I enjoy it because of the music. I mean, I remember I had an original band in 1989, and we opened for this band. They were called American Man. It was the year after Black and Blue had broken up. Tommy Thayer was in the band. Todd Jensen, who's now playing bass in Journey, was in this band, because I guess he and Tommy had been childhood friends forever. Um, they, the, the bar owner called and asked if they could like, I guess this was before I even knew about what they call now uh, backlining. They're flying in from LA, they're bringing their amp heads. Can they use your drum set and cabinets? Yeah, sure. And I met Tommy and hung out with him in the afternoon. And, you know, at this time he was not as known clearly as he is now. Right. Even then he was the most humble, nicest guy. And we talked about him co-writing Betrayed. On hot in the shade and he says oh i'm i'm watching paul's dogs for him at his house while he's out on tour and everything just the nicest guy and i was a black and blue fan anyway yeah um so have those mild interactions here and there and once in a while it's just like day one it's been about the music and if you learn a little about this and that stuff so getting back to you asked me about the, the show it's like yeah. hey this, this is minutia this is information there's some of the shows i've just been like oh my gosh that was so amazing uh you know, I, I tune in every week and uh, it's just it's just a part of my existence for the last, I don't know how many years. I mean, it's, well, just- it's great. And we're, we're, we're grateful that people like you listen, because you are, at least from my perspective, I can't speak for Michael, but you're exactly the kind of person we hope we're reaching. You know, you love the band. You have your own opinions. You don't have a problem stating them or saying how you feel. But at the same time, you're not going to dump on someone because maybe they disagree with you and like something different that you don't. I'm only interested in the people who hate me. Well, yeah, I know you love pride for that. And speaking of that, he came up with a great idea that's going to piss some of you people off like you wouldn't believe it. It's a hallmark. It really is. If if he pulls this off. (laughs) So um, have you have you seen the the end of the road? Did you like it? Where where are you at with that? Um, when they announced it, I wasn't going to go initially because I know enough about the KISS mindset where it's like, they're going to come around again. And I was kind of waiting, like, I want to see it when maybe Bruce and whoever shows up in this and that. And I was dating this girl at the time, and she was into so much the same music as me. She loves KISS, but she'd never seen them. I'm like, you've never seen KISS? So 
I went looking for tickets. I'm like, okay, I got to take her. And I found some tickets on Craigslist. And a friend of mine works at the radio station. They, they, they won some tickets from the station and they were selling them. And I texted a shot to my buddy, who's one of the morning DJs. I'm like, does this look real? Are these real? You know, I was like, yeah, absolutely. So I bought them, took her to the show and we're walking around. I'm not, I didn't tell her where the, the tickets were. And I'm just like, I gotta be around here somewhere. Let's just keep looking. And we walked down 10th row on the floor on Paul's side. She's like, you've gotta be kidding me. I'm like, nope, these are our seats. Nice. And Paul flew, I mean, right over us. Over. I've got video of his, the bottom of his boots going over our heads. I mean, she loved every friggin' second of that. Um, the one thing it's to me, it's a little strange and it's, it's hard because I'm not in the bubble of kiss and Gene and Paul's perspective has always been like, well, we got to play the hits and this and that. I dated a different girl in 2000 that lived in Los Angeles and she, she got some tickets from work to the, uh, I want to say it was the Glen Helen Pavilion where they had like the US Festival or something. And we went there and the beers were like $10, you know, 22 years ago. I thought, oh, Gene's running the beer stand now. Okay. Um, but she walked in the door knowing four Kiss songs, four. Okay. She walked out of that concert a fan. Okay. I'm sorry, but watching you and other songs from Alive, which was a big multi platinum record, have never been played on the radio. Right. And it's about great songs. And there's plenty of great songs. Obviously, they play on the Kiss Cruise, but I get it. They're playing to the masses. But yep. at the same time, it's like, I've never heard Parasite on the radio, but they're playing that. Okay. The, the great thing is there's, there's so many great songs to choose from. The problem is you can't get them all in one show, which is right. the advantage of tour to tour. They can change the set list up dramatically. So, well, maybe if they do a Vegas residency again, if that works out, they'll do something like Cheap Trick did, which they had four nights and almost all four sets were completely different. Yeah, didn't they like, they only repeated like two or three songs. Oh, it was unbelievable. Night something two like that. Nothing but 80s stuff. It was really cool. I, I posted the link from, I don't know if it was Ultimate Classic Rock, and it said something like they played like like 66 songs that weren't like repeated songs. I mean, just, those yeah. guys yeah. are amazing. One of my, yeah, they, they the, really the one thing I've seen as many times almost as kiss is cheap trip love them we picked the right guy this is excellent so what do you what do you think after once they retire and this is over what do you think about your fandom i mean will you just continue loving the music and supporting the band and doing what you do or do you see your fandom waning a bit once they hang up the platforms i don't think that my fandom will wane in terms of kind of where i'm at now i don't really buy a lot of merch but that's I, when okay, they had the reunion yeah i mean i support them in, in different ways um yeah when they had the reunion i don't have anywhere near the amount of kiss stuff that a lot of other fans do i had like three right. boxes full of stuff and it was like this is just stuff that sits in boxes i don't have display cases i thought this is a good opportunity to sell it. Yeah. Um, and I did. And it's some, uh, literally, actually, it was December of 95 when I was working at this record store that dealt in collectibles. We had got traded in one of the Kiss Platinum cards. I think one of you guys would probably know if that, not both of you. Oh, yeah. I think um, yep. Mark has one. And uh, so. Of course he's got one. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and from my understanding, there was 450 gold cards, which were one time only, 
and there were supposedly 75 platinum cards. Just, just okay. what I've been told. I don't know if this is fact. Yeah, I... uh, so we had to call Young and Associates in New Jersey, which I guess was their uh, business office. Angus Vale. Yeah, yep. the, the business office there. And I wanted to verify, hey, if we're paying for this, because they were going to sell it for $1,000. So I went in with a buddy of mine. I was like, look, we'll not have, we just kind of cut ahead of everybody and get passes and all this stuff. And he says, photocopy your driver's license with the card, mail it in, and we'll get you registered. Great. This is December of 95. There's no reunion rumor getting right. out until like, what, a month or so later. So when this finally comes around, uh, you know, I started announcing shows. I called and asked if we'd get some tickets for a couple cities. They said, well, you can have tickets uh, for one city. I'm like, one? Okay. And, and the passes, too? He's like, no, no passes. I'm like, I don't know. This is kind of a raw deal. It just seemed like everything was changing. They don't owe us anything, but we didn't see anything on the thing that said non-transferable. Right. So, you know, we got our tickets to the show and uh, my buddy, we were, I mean, we were front row. Tommy actually met us. He came out and he had to see the card. And he's like, wow, I've never seen one of these. I've heard about them. So it's like, okay, here's your tickets. And they were front row. And uh, we're watching the show and Doc walks by in the pit and my buddy grabs him mid song and deuce. Hey, we need passes. He's like, meet me over here after the set and everything. And, we go over and he gave us backstage passes and we went back. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get to meet the band, but you know, he, he did what he said he was going to do. And um, we eventually ended up selling the card because another one, when word got out that these cards weren't going to be what they were at one time, right. um, another one got traded in. It was only $200. So I, I bought that with my buddy and was like, well, look, now we each have our own physical copy. And we ended up selling them, I think, right when the, the farewell tour started. And wasn't just honest about it, just says, hey, when we use these, these work, this is what happened. Right. We didn't say they no longer work because maybe they do when they transfer. We didn't know. Yeah. And we both sold them on eBay. I think we sold ours maybe about a, a thousand or maybe 900 bucks each. So we we made money. The goal was just to like get rid of it since it wasn't doing what yeah. we thought. Because if you still hung on to it all these years, you know, the, the price of concert tickets, like this paid for itself like 50 times over. It'd be great. Well, yeah. But, you know, it wasn't meant to be, I guess. And that's the way it was. So but at least it worked for you. Got in front row. That's pretty good. That's not an easy thing yeah. to do. Yeah. You know, especially now. Yeah. That's pretty and cool. I, the camera went by when they were, you know, playing Deuce, the opening song. And I, I actually do the role. <laughs> and I got like three phone calls the next day from people. I didn't know what the concert. I saw you on the screen. Like, what do you mean you saw me on the screen? You're sticking your tongue out. Oh, I guess you were there. Yeah. That's crazy. All right. Well, I'm going to ask you one last question before we let you go. Did Vinnie Vincent save Kiss? Great contributor. But let I mean, let's just be honest. And, you know, Mark's got his opinion. I know what it is. Um, well, we don't care what Mark's opinion yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, he's not here, so it doesn't matter. Look, Kiss didn't join Vinnie Vincent. I mean, in my opinion the thing that drew people to them because there was an article that came out earlier in 83 before the, the album had come out, obviously. And it said, kiss off guys, you're totally out for 1983. And it had a, the classic 77 picture of them standing. Yeah. There and, and it's like the thing that drew attention was the fact that a, they took off their makeup, even though it was only two original guys and B they had this great single that really latched on with people because mm -hmm. th this buddy of mine who was a DJ Maybe it was you guys. I no, I, it was you guys. Sorry, the story about how oh they took their makeup off. Don't they sound great? Yeah, yeah that's Michael. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. 
Excellent. Well, thank you for joining us. It was fun to have a chat with you and get to know you a little bit. Now I'll have to keep an eye on your posts and uh, we're going to go, this will be up next week. So you can share it with uh, your friends and your family and anybody you can else. tell everybody you're world famous now. Yeah. You're world famous. <laughs> yeah. 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 Awesome. Steven, thank you so much. Man. Thank you so much. Really Steven. Nice to meet you. Great, guys. Keep up the great work. Thank, thank you. So you. Much. Thank have you. A great Appreciate week. it. Take care. You bet. Right. So it actually worked. That worked. We we that was great. Stephen was great. He was we, we, exactly we actually the kind of had person. fans that were paying attention to us. I feel good and relieved now because I thought for a second we were gonna have mud on our face of like, oh, see, nobody pays attention to three sides. They couldn't even get somebody. No, I, and in fact, I bet you there's more people. Oh, have... there are. There's a whole bunch more on both posts now. All right. So should we pick one more? Because we got sure. Okay. Sure. Let's do one um, more. I'll let you pick it. Here's True Prey interview the people who ordered that magic book. You know. Um, oh, here's one that I noticed uh, that I recognize. Brad Hovland. Okay. Okay. Um, here, let me see. Brad Hovland. Message. That magic, that, 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 that magic book, ah, ha, ha. the book that's never going to see the light of day, the book that we took so much heat for, for standing our ground and saying what we thought was going to happen, that did happen, mm -hmm. that book, the book that the author said we were after him in a what what was it how did he word it a a planned smear campaign or something like that yeah i i don't remember yeah exactly what was said but you know there's a lot of bitter people you know and and i don't blame them okay so it doesn't look like brad's online right now um so let's go Find back one more the, let's go back to the well here all right. Do you want to check the other one? Because I'm looking at, I'm not looking at the, the group page. I'm looking at our page. Okay. Let me go into the, let me go to the group. Group. And let's find, so where's the post here? There we go. Um, Oh, nobody did answer the group page. Okay, well, I think it's because I said uh, winner to um, Steven, so then people must have thought, okay, which makes sense. But let's, uh, I'm going to remove that. Okay. I'm going to delete that post. It's fun having Tommy run the show. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to post and say who wants to come on. We're looking for one more person. Stress, if you hate us, you go to the top of the line. If you're a hater, do you have the balls to come on? All right. The only, you know what? Seriously, as much fun as we make of five-man kiss, mm -hmm. he's the only hater 
that actually had ever the had the on. balls to come on the show with us. That's true. Even though he did it in makeup and wearing a bag, he still did it. I got to, you know, it just dawned on me. I give him credit for that because there's plenty of others that we offered to come on, including the author of the magic book who have never shown up. Tommy's working his magic as we speak. Yeah. Magic. Ah. Tommy's magic will happen before the book magic will. Yeah. Okay, Good I thing I wasn't let, well, I wasn't relying on Mark to do all of this because Mark would still be trying to figure out how to make his first post. Right. Well, yeah. You know, we know what that's like. Although right, so. I got to, I got to also say, Mark's come a long way since that first day we recorded with him. That's true. He really has. You know, that first day didn't didn't we literally spend like nearly two hours before hitting the record button, just getting him connected to we're, Skype. Yeah, we were messaging back and forth. Going, okay. I think we might have made a mistake. <laughs> I, I, seriously. I, it was close to two hours getting him onto Skype. All right. So um, let me see. Okay. See now a bunch of other, other um, things popped up. All right. Frank. Okay. So we've got. um Ooh, um, yeah, because Brad, I'm just going to double check because I just mentioned it to Brad. I don't think he's on anymore. So then if he's still not, yeah, he was active 16 minutes ago, so he's not on anymore. Uh, let's go back to the well. Do you want to refresh the other page? I'm on our page. Okay, hold on. Let me let me do a refresh on the group real quick. Nope, no comments. Okay, so we have several here. Um, let me see. Uh, Mark Wiggins says I'm free and on Zoom daily. Um, what else do we have? Da David Gowan, Jared Frank. Um, Guinness. Uh, I can't remember where he, let's hear. How about Mark from Melbourne, Australia? Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Let's do that. Message him. All right. Let's see if he's still on. It's 18 minutes ago. Okay. Sorry guys, but you know, this is kind of really the best we can do here today. We've never done this. So we are literally flying by the seat of our pants. Yeah, we, we truly are. I'm not friends with him, so I can't, I can message him, but he may never see it. Well, send him the message. I'm not friends with him either. Okay. I think, um, you know what? You're an admin on the page. There's a link called send message under his comment. Ah, okay. That that's three sides of the coin can send okay. him a message that way. I think that's how it works. I've never done that, but Let's I think, it. I think that's a way for the page to message. So do you have anything that we can update people with while I'm doing this? Because this is just dead air. 
Uh, let's see. Kiss, ki- ki- Kiss's first show on the South American tour is tonight. Ah, uh, yes, that's it. I saw that um, Ross Helfen was running around with Tommy today, taking yeah, photos. Th- Tommy's got some a brand new, like all chrome. Chrome, yeah, it looked it's really cool. Beautiful man. Yeah, he's had some beautiful looking guitars. Whether it's the blue one or the all white one or this chrome one, some gorgeous guitars that Tommy's had. So, yeah, they they arrived in. I don't know where they are in chili i can't remember where the first uh, night is, sure. but they arrived there a couple days ago there's been some photos of them going through customs some photos at the hotel some photos at the arena of the stage getting built um but the first show is tonight so it'll be exciting now granted you won't hear this for a week so you'll know by then but it'll be interesting to see there's any changes to the set list the, sh- the the stage looks pretty much the same okay it's got the pods and stuff like that um i'm guessing they may have i mean not that it should surprise anybody the stage may be reduced in size a little bit just based on the size of the the venue they're playing but they do that in the u.s Right. I suspect it'll be pretty much the same show, but it'll be interesting to see uh, what the set list is. Be interesting to see how Paul's voice is, just how how the band is. I mean, they you know, they've, yeah. off, they've been and if off they the maybe road. change a, maybe if they change a song or two, you know, and there could be a new version of the tour book. There could be some new merch. It'll be interesting yep. to see. Yep. Yep. So that that that's big. Um, Ace, why don't you talk about Flip and Ace? Well, yeah. And in fact, um, I'm not, I ended up bowing out of that uh, just simply because with the timing of everything that's been going on, um, real estate's been really hard. And just with everything that I've got going on at work, I just can't bail for five days. So uh, Flip is going to be playing three shows with Ace Fraley in May. I think it's the 13th, 14th, and 15th. So if you're out on the East Coast, One of them looks to be about 30 minutes north of downtown Philadelphia. Then there is a show in upstate New York. Um, I want to say it's not too far from Utica. And I think the third one is, I want to say Connecticut, but that's not right. Just look on Ace's page. But if you guys haven't seen Flip, you can go out and say hi to Bren. He'll be there and um, would uh, love to uh, see you guys. Um, so Mark replied, yes, only problem is I just had to jump on a train and we'll be off in 20 minutes. That's, okay, yeah, no, yeah, okay, so, yeah, that's not going to work. We need someone who's at home. And Mark, uh, Mark Wiggins or Mark, no, that was Mark. That Lafferty. was Mark Lafferty. Okay. All right. So here, I'm going to send one. I probably shouldn't have said that to them, but I, we didn't know how this was going to go. So I wasn't going to just not make mention. So people are like filling up the thing. So I had to say, yes, you win because he was the first one who commented. Sure. It went so well because Stephen was so easy to talk to that. We're like, okay, let's, let's go two for two here. Um, And speaking of flip, they've got a new album coming out, don't they? Yes, they do. And it's called Too Dumb to Quit. And it's really good. I haven't heard the whole thing yet, but I've heard about five songs. 
And at least three of them, I, I actually listened to Bren record or write over the course of six months. You know, we'd be talking on the phone and he'd play an idea. And then three, four weeks later, he'd go, okay, and now we added this. And he played, you know, totally finally played the finalized version. And there's some really good stuff on there, you know, and it's not like old flip. It's kind of like how flip would be today. It's, it, it falls right in with so many other bands that as they continue to record over time, they um, change. Cool. Okay. Um, I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to copy this. I'm going to delete this post and post it again right now. Okay. Um, so let's see. That's Ace News. Uh, Bruce, I don't think there's any major news. He's out touring with Grand Funk right now, which I just saw him last week. There uh, isn't it. It's, it's like Grand Funk, Kid Rock, and, Kid and somebody. Rock. There's a third uh, well, band, isn't there? Well, I think the other band switches with them because I don't think that they're always, I don't think that they're always on the tour. So okay. I was lucky enough to catch him in St. Paul a week or so ago. And, you know, I'm not a huge Grant Funk fan, but I, you know, listened to him since I was a kid. So I knew all but maybe one or two songs. Um, but I got to say, it, the, the music was so well done they they nailed it and that band is really really solid so even if you don't think you know any grand funk songs if you go see them you won't be disappointed they put on a great show and the they sound fantastic it's all live and the singer that they have right now i don't know his name um he really does a great job on the stuff that don's not singing uh don is the drummer um, it would be the Mark Farner stuff, essentially. Sure. It, was, it was good. It was a really good show. And uh, Bruce's version of the Star Spangled Banner was fantastic. It right. really was. I, I right. thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, let's see. Okay, so we're wait, as we're waiting. Peter. Peter's doing a show in New York City at some point in the next few months. He is? I thought he was retired. Well, that's how that farewell show was billed. But yes, he's now doing a show in New York City again. So hopefully you didn't get suckered into going to his final show. And now there's another show that's going to be a final show. Yeah, but it was funny because someone was was picking on Motley Crue because they're going back out on the road. And they're like, look, I paid a lot of money for that New Year's Eve show. That was supposed to be your last show. And whoever oh, their admin is. Legitimately, you, that's a legitimate complaint. Right. Oh, absolutely. It is. I'm not, I'm not demeaning that person at all, but whoever the admin was handled it beautifully. They said, well, first off, if you never come see us again, it was your last show. Oh, I saw that. I saw yeah. that. And that was like, that, that was a post made by Motley Crue, whether it was one of the members, but it was made under the band's name. Right. Um, yeah. I saw part of me was like, Ooh, good, good, smart ass comeback. And then the other part of me is like, that's a fucked up way to reply to a fan. I know. I, I see both <laughs> sides of it, but I'm like, at least I chuckled when I read it. Especially considering that fan is a hundred percent right in all their, all their statements, all their well, statements. And, and my understanding is, is that once they get done with this big tour this summer, they've already started working on booking, um, you know, like hockey arenas. Oh, so this isn't over. Yeah. 
you know, so for all of you that don't want to spend a a huge ticket to see all those bands, if you don't like all of them from the nosebleed of a stadium where it might sound like crap anyway. Right. Just just wait, just Just wait. wait. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, if there's there's money to be made, Motley will go get it. Yeah. There's too much money to be made for them to not do it. Although my one thing would be, what will they do when Mick Mars physically can no longer tour? Will they replace him? I'm putting money on yes. Yeah, probably. But, you know, the thing about it is, is that it sounds like he's got that spine thing where he's bending over, but he doesn't have to move anywhere. So he can just sit there and play. Yeah. So but I mean, he actually can last. I, longer I thought than my understanding play. was it was painful. Oh, I'm sure it's got to be horrible. It's got to. So I mean, at some, at, at some, yeah, at some point, you know, it's just too much pain to do that. Um, will Motley Crue replace McMars and continue touring? And I, I think the answer is yes. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, they replaced know? they replaced Vince Neil and continued. Mm-hmm. They said they were retiring and then continued. Yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised, you know. All right. So here. Um, okay. So Jared Frank said I can be on. Sure. We both know Jared. All right. Good. Let's do it. All right. So. I'm going to go to Jared message. We do have a guest for next week. Tom Shannon is supposed to join us next week. Oh, that'll. He's going, yeah, to, talk, he's going to talk about his Peter Chris uh, reissue vinyls and all the drama that surrounded that. You know, that whole thing just, that just, I think that's disgusting. You know, talk about someone who is very ethical, you know, and you get this out of him. He's not a scumbag. No, not, 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 not like that guy we were talking about earlier in the show. Right. And you can explain this better than me because of your, all of the interest, all the stuff you do in music. But my understanding is that, because Peter Chris was still a member of Kiss in the early 80s, even if he wasn't touring here's, with here's, the band. Here's Jared. I'm going to let him in. Okay. So keep talking. My understanding is that because he was part of the Kiss camp, that he got. Can't hear Jared. you. Jared. What's up? Hey, there Jared. We go. Hold on just one second, okay? Um, so my understanding is, is that. Gene, Paul, and Ace also got a portion of what he did with their record deal. So then when he put out his solo albums, the points or the royalties went to Peter, but probably also got divided amongst some of the other band members, if that's true. But whatever the deal was at the time is controlled by Universal now. So when Tom goes through and buys all of the rights to do this legally for two years with a certain number of copies, Peter's going to get his royalty, but it has nothing to do with Tom. Yeah. I mean, yeah. First of all, it has nothing, nothing to do with 
who owns or has a portion of it. The, you know, Peter signed a record deal with a record label. A, any band signs a deal with a record label. The record label, 99.99999% of the time, owns those recordings. Not necessarily the songs themselves, the recordings of those songs. Right. Because you just think of it as it's work for hire. The right. record label basically hired Peter Chris and said, we are hiring you to record your first solo album, Post Kiss. And we're paying you X amount of money as an employee to do that. Mm -hmm. Therefore, they own the work that he created. Imagine you, you, you have a job with a company and you're at that job and on that company's computer and time that they're paying you, you invent Facebook. That company owns what you did because you did it. They paid you. It was their time. If you did it at home on your own dollar and your own expense, it's yours. The record label paid Peter Chris to record an album. The record label owns that album. The recording of those songs of that album. Um, and the contracts generally are like, you're going to earn X amount from every sale, but the record label gets to recoup all expenses right off the top. Right. Manufacturing of CDs and vinyl and the shipping costs and, and, and marketing and promotion and anything else. If they bought you, you know, if, if you were in the studio and you bought a beer in the studio, that beer you're going to get charged back for. You're paying for all that. Mm -hmm. So Universal owns the rights to the Peter Chris solo albums. They can do what they want with it. They could sit on it and never release it and never let it see the light of day without Peter's approval or input. Mm -hmm. Now, that's pure. That's the pure contract. A lot of labels won't be that strict. You know, they'll try and work with the artist and figure out a compromise and stuff like that. But if a label says we want to release this in every format possible, we can. And you don't have any rights to say yes or no to this. And any money that gets earned chips away at what you've got to recoup. What's got to be recouped, recoup, 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 recouped until the recoupment is down to zero. Then the artist starts making money off of sales. So for Peter to be, and listen, Peter can legitimately be upset that these rockologist vinyls were released, but Tom's not the person to be pissed at. And they're he not, I just, right. I just want to make sure people know they're not counterfeits. This, these this are legal releases. He, Tom legitimately licensed the albums from Universal for a period of time, probably for a period of products to be produced and only to do X amount with it. And Universal collected some money. What that contract is between Universal and Tom, no idea. Maybe he'll give us a little insight. I don't know. Um, that's between him and Universal. Now, any monies Universal collects off of that could go towards reducing Peter Chris's recoupment costs for the label. And then Peter would make money off of it. 
So if Peter wants to get mad, he can sure get mad at the label for doing stuff. I mean, like every artist at some point or another gets mad at their label for like, Jesus, you're releasing the 20th greatest hits package off of our catalog and we have no say in this. Right. Tom Shannon did nothing here. He's, you know, he, if anything, he's maybe earning some money through it for universal that will reduce a recoupment. I don't know, but I mean, yeah, he didn't do anything illegal. He's not bootlegging. He's not counterfeiting. He's playing by the contract requirements that universal presented to him. And he handed it to Peter on a silver platter three different times to make, I would say a considerable amount of money and basically was blown off. So make sure you guys tune in um, next week's show because Tom's going to come on and he's going to talk about all of that. Yep. So Jared. Jared. What's up? Not much. How you doing, man? Yeah. Just finishing up work and saw the, uh, saw the notification. We were always wondering which of our listeners have no lives and just spend all day on Facebook waiting for us to post something. Actually, we found, we actually found some. Yeah. (laughs) The thing is, I got the notification for the first one like 20 minutes later than yeah. it, it should have. So, well, no, and that and that's part of the problem. So we had we had someone else on Stephen already, and it went so well. We're like, okay, we're gonna roll the dice, and we're gonna go for two for two. Where we both are like, okay, we know Jared. So here you are, Jared Frank. Introduce yourself to the three sides of the coin family. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What's up, guys? Jared, Houston, Texas. Um, Houston. Houston, yep. Originally from Michigan. So my first show was the uh, No Ace, No Peter, No Problem show, actually. The Creatures, nice. February 23rd, 83, that Mark always talks about. Were you in the Excellent. front row with Mark making out with him? <laughs> that, was, that was a different concert, I think. <laughs> no, that was Ted Nugent. Yeah, so I was, think, I was thinking he was at a different yeah. concert when that yeah. happened. Yeah, he was but actually yeah, paying was, attention to the band this time. But now my dad took me, I was like nine years old, and got tickets at the last minute so i always point to the up that was on the back of a live i showed this is where my seats were like the first tier up from the floor very cool so what'd your dad think of that he didn't really like it too much (laughs) (laughs) i know we saw some guy smoking weed next to us like you know what that is it's like yeah i don't know how i knew it but i I guess you're you're like yeah you want some dad yeah this is doom um but yeah, he didn't, he didn't like it. And both their ears were ringing for three days for three days. And, and then they came back again on the lick it up tour, like a year later. And I was like, Oh, can you take me to this one? And he's like, no, nah, it's my bowling night that night. So <laughs> I didn't, that's, that's the only tour I I've, I haven't seen kiss on since bowling since, night. since creatures was because of my dad's bowling night. Damn bowling gets in the way sometimes, doesn't it? You know, especially for, for the, for the Midwesterners, that's, that's like yes. religion. It is. Well, yeah. So then you moved to Texas when? How long ago? Um, 80, 84. Okay. And so, so I'm assuming then everything you've seen from them since has been down Texas or down South. Yeah. I mean, but then like come reunion time, then I was old enough to start traveling to all the, all the crazy shows. Like I went to Weenie Roast and Tiger Stadium and Dodger Stadium. I want to say I met Mike for the first really? time at the Psycho Circus Dodger, yeah, Stadium. Dodger Stadium show, like at a uh, Tower Records or something like that. Oh, very cool. Okay. So what do you do for a living? 
I work in radio. Okay. That, what do you, do? you can exists. actually make a living in radio still? It yeah. still it still exists. Like uh, back in back in the late 90s, I graduated college and I was I was a DJ on a radio station, the alternative station down here in Houston from like 95 to 2000 and then got out of it and then somehow got back into it in like 2005 and started doing a job called continuity, which is kind of the go between the the salespeople and the production department. So when we're when we're missing audio for the next day on, on the station, I've got to kind of track that down to make a long story short. I'm kind of the Bailey of the Bailey of the radio it's station. Not as cute. Nice. Yeah, it's not as cute. <laughs> not quite. She was hot. You know, <laughs> she, she was. was. Yep. All right. So that's cool. And then um, tell us. So what was your first Kiss album then that you ever bought or got? Double platinum. Okay. On eight track. And probably probably 79. The, the earliest memories I have of Kiss were I was living in Pittsburgh at the time. So in between Michigan and there was a Michigan, a Pennsylvania, a Michigan and Texas in my in my journey. But so like the late 70s, we were in in Pittsburgh, actually. And I remember seeing the commercial for the Dynasty Tour. I remember seeing them on 2020 and mm-hmm. thinking, oh, this this is this is kind of a cool band. And I and at some point after that. I got double platinum. It was like five dollars in the cutout bin at Camelot Music on eight track, and um, I know my my babysitter's brothers all were into Kiss, and then they were going to the the Dynasty show, and they asked if I if my parents if I could go along. I was like, oh, that'd be cool, but I wasn't quite a diehard yet to really pitch a fit right. when they didn't let me go. But yeah. man, if I could have seen that Dynasty tour, that would have been amazing. But. Um, yeah, so so double platinum on eight track. That's that's my ultimate. I think I had list. that when I was a kid too. I remember, mm-hmm. I remember a Kiss eight track. I was pl- I would play on my parents' big ass console. Yeah, and you know the if you've never played eight track, that big clunk mm-hmm. that happens for reprise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So for those know, for, for the longest time, I thought guitar solos, that was the purpose of guitar solos was so it could fade out and then go back in when for the for the next program switch. Yeah, and I don't really understand how the whole thing worked. But for those of you that don't know about eight tracks is that had four sections. And so like if the tape section ran out in the middle of a song, it would fade out, click to the next track and it would fade back in. It would call it reprise and finish the song. So you always had clicks throughout the record. And I, and I mean, it wasn't just a subtle little. No, it was like a sledgehammer, at least that to a kid. That's what I remember was just like, I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, because a track, I always thought a tracks were, were fascinating because the reason why they did that is like the, the tape is only is only so long. So they had to divide the tape up into four different sections and there had to be some guy that whose job was just to figure out the right combination of songs to, to fit in. So all four sections were as equal as possible. And if they couldn't be equal, then they, they found it found one or two songs that they had to split up into two. Right. Yeah. That's the other thing about eight tracks is there was always, there, there would always be somebody's album that had a weird, weird track listing breakdown in order mm. to make it fit onto an eight track. Yeah. yeah it so was, like, I was just looking at a, a Kiss 8-track the other day. I want to say, like, so it started with 
um, you know, Strutter or Deuce or whatever, but then like Love Theme from Kiss was like the second song on it or, or Black Diamond was really early just to, because that one was so long. So they had to like put it with a short song to make that make particular work. program. Yep, yep. And that was kind of fun as a kid because you're like, oh, I get to listen to it in a different order. Did, did you it's, know Lisa when you lived in Pittsburgh? I didn't, but you know, I could have, could have, could have met her at that. Could have been something. Show. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> you play hockey. I, I, don't, I don't play hockey. I play drums though. That's that's close. Well, they, she likes that too. I think. Well, she's you not know? really into drummers as much as goalies. True, but yeah, with Lisa, you just never know. So, what do you? What do you? Why do you listen to us? Why? Why us? Just happened to see a post when when Mike posted it when you guys first started it and you're actually still looking for a third person and I was like oh, I, I can do this or no that was when yeah that was, that was that when that other guy left yeah yeah something like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then I got to meet you Tommy on the on the Kiss cruise yep mm-hmm. I remember that are you going to the next cruise oh of course I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a all timer like Mark. And you've, you've, you're, so you're set, you've got your room and you're good to go. Yeah. We've actually got it an open, open slot in the cabin. I messaged, I messaged Lisa and everything and she didn't reply. Well, that's kind of weird. Why wouldn't she want to get on the boat with strange men and stay in their cabin? <laughs> I don't know. Hey, we've got a girl in our cabin too. Oh, well, we're going to have to talk to Lisa because she, she, she might want to, to join you. I mean, yeah. We'll, I mean, we'll, if, we'll if it's she, you yeah. and a girl now that, you know, now we got three, that, that three is. Sides after, now we got three sides after dark. Well, the other the other two that are already in the cabin. We've got the we've got the cheapest possible cabin you can get, yeah. an mm-hmm. in, interior cabin. Yeah. And um, the other the other people are a couple and our normal fourth person, who's my buddy that lives in Norway. He had a baby a couple of years ago, and he barely was able to go last year because the baby was a newborn. And this year, he's like, I don't I don't think I can do it this year. Yeah, well, that's too bad. But you're going. That'll be fun. Sounds like it's going to be a terrific lineup. And, you know, a lot of people are really excited about it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always a good. It's always a good time. Even even when the set list sucks, which is every other year or so, like last year, last year was good, except for the show number two that I got to and they dropped three out of the four good songs. Oh, did they drop that many? Yeah, so like they, they, played, they played Take It Off at both of them. But okay. on the first show, they played, you know, She's So European. Cool. And, um, you know, a couple others that they apparently didn't think were good enough. So they replaced them with, you know, stuff like Take Me or, you know, deep tracks, but not the deep tracks. Right, right. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Well, maybe you'll get lucky this year and, and, and get the best of the two shows. Well, yeah, is, it's going to be their last performance at sea. Mm-hmm. So they say last performance. <laughs> I don't know exactly what that means, but, you know, we'll see. All right. So I'm going to ask you one last question before we let you go. Did Vinnie Vincent save Kiss? Heard this so many times. Here's your <laughs> chance. Better be the right answer. And I never thought I would be the one to have to, have to answer the question. I mean, the actual truth is taking the make off safe kiss. There we go. All right. But that's that's fair. true. Vinnie Vincent, Vinnie Vincent didn't, well, he was no slouch though. We're not saying that. No, that's, that's totally fine. And in, in, in whatever you believe your opinion is welcome here, <laughs> but we're going to ask every guest that. 
because I think it's important to make sure that Mark knows he's wrong, at least on a weekly basis. And, and that Vinny knows. And that Vinny say, knows. He didn't save Kiss. Exactly. Yeah. They, well, they can have I'm still. I'm still right down the middle. It's like when people talk about songs they love or hate. I just, I like, I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle on everything. I don't, I don't love or hate. I mean, I, I love Vinny's songs. Don't get me yeah. wrong. I love it. And mm-hmm. I had no problem with those tours with him playing. But just anything common sense and reason wise, of course he didn't. Yeah. Didn't I mean, he? That's just obvious. Yeah. I mean, he had, he had nothing to do with setting the tone of Creatures of the Night, the heaviness of the album. Mm-hmm. That wasn't set by Vinnie Vincent. I, I just find that ridiculous that some people are like, oh, yeah, Vinnie Vincent made that album heavy. What band would bring in somebody completely brand new, untested, unknown, and let them decide the complete direction of an album? Nobody. Yeah, I mean, I no mean, he definitely helped make those albums better, but they were yeah. the yeah. The direction, I mean, it's still in place. Yeah, as we know from people who were there, either in the Kiss management or the actual producer, that sound was set before. The return right. to heavy metal Kiss was set before Vinnie Vincent was a part of the picture. Yeah, that's how I feel. Cool. Well, are you going to see any of the uh, shows coming up? Are you going to go to Rockville or? Nah, nothing. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to go to Creatures Fest. So that's, that's, okay. that's good. And that's good enough. Okay. Well, that's fair. But cool. yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't. I looked at all the dates yesterday to see if there's anything that might've been possible. And maybe we'll have you come back on and give us a report as to the disaster oh, that, that it ends up. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, we'd like happen. to hear. Yeah. We'd like to hear what happens. Who shows up, who doesn't, you know, all that. Cool. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, Jared. It's always nice to see you. Um, Have a super week. We'll be posting this live next week, and you can share it with, uh, like I said, friends, family, whoever you think might be interested. Sounds good. Thanks, Jared. Have a great week, okay? Take care, man. See ya. Cool. Two for two. It worked. Oh, I it guess works. we know we I guess we know we can do this when we run out of kiss topics, which yeah, probably we'll is start, coming in about two weeks. Probably. We'll just start having people on and let them kind of run the show and we'll just kind of sit back. You know, yeah. it works. So there you go, guys. Guys, that's what you get this week. Yeah. I, I like the format. You let us know if you liked it. Yeah. Um, you might be able to get on too. Yeah. Especially if you hate us. If you know so, anyone so that really here's hates the trick. Us, if you want to get on, you've got to be, we record every Tuesday, mm-hmm. 2.30 p.m. Pacific time. Which is 4.30 Central, 5.30 Eastern Standard Time. So, and, and if you're in Europe and Australia, you figure out the time zone. Just go to mm-hmm. Google. They're really good at figuring out time zone changes. Yeah. But the point is, if we run out of, if we have a last minute guest cancellation, we've got no topic and we're looking for something 2:30 PM Pacific time on Tuesdays, there might be a post popping up on the three sides of the coin, Facebook page or Facebook group. And if you're paying attention, you could, you could come on and tell us if Vinnie Vincent saved kiss. And we could even maybe do something where we have you on and you could answer hit and run questions with us. 
you could ask us hit and run questions. You could ask us. And, and, and in all seriousness, we're not, I'm at least I'm speaking for myself, but I know you agree, Tommy. It's not just looking for people who like us. I mean, if you're somebody who just can't stand the fact that we love Tommy Thayer in this version of the band, come on. If you got, if you got the balls, come on, yeah. we'll talk to you. I would love to have some of the people that hate us on. That would we be fantastic. We keep trying to get them on, but they're they're afraid. People are some people have really big mouths, but then when you ask them to come on to talk about it, they won't. Yeah. And again, five man kiss. Yeah. I'm sure you're still out there stalking us. I'm sure he's still trying to put five man kiss. Thumb, thumbs up to you. You were the only one that had the balls to actually yeah. come on. Mm-hmm. Your ideas yeah. were crazy, batshit, nutty, but you believed in them. We had you on. Right. All right. So I don't know. Answer whatever you want. Make up a homework question and go answer yeah. it somewhere. Yeah, you make it up. We don't even want to do that this week. Yeah, because Tommy doesn't want to answer, read those comments next week. Well, no, if I was on it, I will. <laughs> if I'm not on it, why, why would I waste the time to follow up? Which is why, why you're not going to pay any attention to any of the comments about Izzy and Alex, right? No, actually, I will. I just don't want to read them on the show. It's one thing to read them at you know ten o'clock at night and stuff, or when you're on the shitter. Yeah, when I'm. I mean, that's the most appropriate place to read comments about Izzy. Hey, some of the smartest people in the world. Apparently, that's when they're on Twitter. Like Izzy. Yeah, like Izzy. Izzy. He's by the way. If you haven't heard, he is moving to Vegas. Um, and if you're in Vegas, check him out. Take him mm-hmm. out to White Castle. Yeah, Izzy will entertain you for the challenge price. him to an eating contest at White yeah. Castle. And if you right. do, videotape it. We want Seriously, to see yeah. it. Yeah, for the price of a meal, he will entertain you for the rest of the day because he has nothing to do. You know, it's not like, oh, you know, it's 1.30. I really got to get back to work and get something done. No, he's only got a half hour lunch break. No, I mean, he's got nothing to do. Have you seen that movie that Howard Stern made a number of years ago about his career? Private Parts? Yes. Izzy is Fred, where he just kind of follows him into the room. That would be Izzy. So yeah. if you took Izzy to lunch, it's almost like you are, are adopting a pet from a rescue place. He yep. will just follow you. So, yeah. Yeah. We love Izzy, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. No, I'm just saying, if you're going to take them out to lunch, be prepared. You're spending the day together. So you might You'll want be to entertained. Take Trust us. You take them at, very take in a matinee. You know. Take them to a strip club. Take them to a strip club. Yeah. There he, you loves, go. he loves boobies. He does. He <laughs> doesn't get to see them. Doesn't get to yeah. see them, but he loves them. He imagines what they would look like if he could see them. All so, right. That's all right, it. Guys. So, uh, you know, let us know. Was this a train wreck? Didn't feel, I feel like we've had a lot worse than this. No, I can't say it's a train wreck because we had two really nice people who jumped on. And the idea worked. It worked. Yeah. So thank you to Stephen and Jared for doing that. That yep. was really cool. So everybody, that's it. Three sides of the coin. We'll see you next week. Every month, more than 50,000 musicians, industry professionals, and rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and KISS fans from around the world listen and engage with the Three Sides of the Coin podcast. 
If you have a new release or a product or service and would like to reach this audience, get in touch with Michael to discuss sponsorship opportunities. So you love the show. Visit threesidesofthecoin.com. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow and rate us on Spotify. Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We appreciate your support. Voices for Three Sides of the Coin, provided by LarryDavisVoice.com and by Jessica Marr.